0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian
1: Knockholds and Tom Hiscott.
0: Welcome listeners to episode 20 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line, it is Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. How are you, Tom? Yeah, I'm doing well. Looking forward to Christmas, so how about you?
2: Well I'm looking forward to Christmas. I I'm am trying to anyway, I should say. I'm trying. Yeah. Obviously news isn't great, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well no, we're going to we're going to it's all about the positive spin. Good. On this because um I like that. I did inquire actually to the to the gods at the Western League earlier mm. before um we uh, we came on air. Uh-huh. And we haven't had any missives from the Football Association sort of, you know, warning us of new restrictions or any or any other shenanigans. So um you know let's let's keep playing while we while we still can obviously by keeping safe and all the rest of it but I I don't think we need to get um let's be optimistic let's put mm. it like but for example the weekend I uh, I didn't attend the um the Wing Canton devices game I'm sorry to say and 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 you are going to regale us all with yeah. the antics that occurred at Mersted Road um later in the podcast. Now I was at um uh, Head. Oh OK. Uh, and they had some rather excellent Christmas lights. And, um, yeah, I went there with my family. It was a it was a highly entertaining uh, event. And, um, you know, just another example of the fact that we can all continue to lead a normal life or relatively normal, at least, mm. and enjoy ourselves, which I think is the um, it's the message that we want to shine through with this with this week's podcast. <laughs> yes. um, on this week's podcast, we will be talking FAVAR's third round action. We will also have action from the Premier Division and the First Division. Our guests will be Dave Pearce, the manager of Bridgewater United, who triumphed over Bashley in the FAVAR's third round. And we'll be talking about their fourth round opponents um, later on. And in the First Division, we're going to have a chat with Colin Goodland, who uh, is a Sherborne Town supporter. He is... I suppose, the official historian now on the grounds that he's actually written a book about the club's history. And he's also the Western League's registrations officer. And We managed to touch upon pretty much all of that in the interview that we had with Colin, who is, as the name would suggest, a particularly nice chap. Anyway, um, we'll kick off on Saturday, the 11th of December. It is the FA VAR's third round. Our first game is Bridgewater United against Bashley. I've rather given the game away, Tom. But um the home fans went home happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: event well, in, in in the long run they did, yeah. They had to come from behind in this one. Uh, Bashley um taking the other go and they did go ahead. Uh, Harry Bunt scoring I think it was about midway through the first half, so putting good water on the back foot a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they, they grabbed an equaliser just before half time, three minutes before the break through Harry Horton. So that's pretty pretty crucial goal not to go in uh trailing at the break so uh, yeah one all one all at halftime uh and then the winning goal came 10 minutes from time so it was a it was a late one uh but it was uh yeah it went in Bridgewater's favour which is obviously good news for us and that was uh yeah a great set piece from Jake Llewellyn finding ahead of Ross Edwards uh powering the ball home and uh yeah that was a, a good 2-1 win for Bridgewater over Bashley.
0: it certainly was and um I thought that was a great opportunity to get back in touch with Dave Pearce, of course, the manager of Bridgewater United. So much to talk to Dave about, as always. But I started off by congratulating him on that win and asking him if it was as close as the scoreline suggests.
3: Yes, I would say so. Um, They're they're, they're obviously doing well in their their league. Um, Very strong side. Um, Definitely very attacking-wise, you know, they're very, very strong. First half was a bit. Gave a few chances. Really, we hit the post. Our keepers made a good save. But then second half, I just thought we were just we just come on strong. Uh, we came out stronger. And I, I, if I'm honest, I thought we were the we were the team we looked like to win the game. Uh, but you know, we're just glad to be in the next round.
0: Well, you are in the next round, and you'll come up against Tunbridge Wells. Now you must be delighted to have got a home draw.
3: Oh yeah, you know. Well, you say that, over I mean, uh, the last few years of me and Carl were talking about it, um, where we've been, you know, we've been to St. Austell, Newport, Isle of Wight, we've been to Farnham, we've been to Bashley as well. Um, so, yeah, to get a few home draws is nice, but, we, you know, we, uh, it's, sometimes it's nice to go to, way to other, other places you haven't been and have different experiences, but at the moment, I think we're a different team at home now. Um, and, you know, the crowd's obviously getting bigger and bigger, so hopefully um, we'll have a big crowd for the for the Tunbridge Wells game.
0: Well, I, I think that's absolutely the point, isn't it, because your home crowds have been outstanding at our level, and, um, I mean, it, it, it must represent a, a 12th man for you.
3: Yeah, you know, I think yeah, we really noticed it um, uh, probably last, Week, last, week before last we played Ashland Batwell and the, when uh, the, the wind was like you know like a tornado but we still had like 220 250 there watching and it was just you know they're still vocal you know and it makes a, it does make a massive difference and yeah we're very grateful to have that and uh, hopefully it just keeps growing and growing
0: well it's easy to get excited about Bridgewater United at the moment, not just because of the VARs, but also because of the league. But are you worried that the VARs' form and the games that, of course, that will bring could become a distraction away from the league?
3: No, you know, I think in previous years when we've been here, maybe. This year, I think we've got a bit more of a a focus about us. Um, and I think we've proved that the last few weeks. Um, You know, December's always been a bit of a a rubbish month for us where we've sort of dropped points. But this year, you know, the conditions that have been levellers in games, uh, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, We've managed to start scrapping results. You know, we haven't been pretty. We've been really ugly. Um, Where previous seasons we haven't been able to do that. We've been really good playing pretty, pretty football. but when it comes to scrapping and, you know, fighting for points, um, when... The football's not as free flowing. We really struggled, Where this year, I think we've really we can do either now. Uh, it's another string to our bow. So yeah, we are in good form at the moment. But um, no, I don't. I don't think the bars will be a distraction because we're quite we're quite focused. Uh, the group we have are very focused on finishing as high as we can in the league.
0: Now that stylistic theme between pretty and ugly is something I'm going to return to a little bit later. But okay. Let's talk about. Your position at the moment—you're handily placed fourth in the league, but it does feel a little bit like Tavistock are perhaps pulling away a bit at the top. Is that how you see it?
3: They're, they're definitely—they're definitely my favourites to win it. Um, but we're going to do everything we can to catch them. You know, if we win our two games now, and they're only four points, and you know, if you look at the results over the over the you know the last month or so, anyone could beat anyone because you know, for example, when we lost to Millbrook at home. Uh, three or four games ago well, I was a bit longer than that I remember our supporters were saying to me you know oh, we shouldn't be losing to them they're third from bottom well now they've gone one seven in a row you know and then they win a couple more they're up in the top eight so it's um, as long as we're being consistent um, you know there's just I mean I think it's seven points between tenth and second or something so you know you could lose one and end up being seventh win one you could be close to the top of stock so it's it's um, it's a, again, we just got to be consistent, um, but Tavis are my favourites, but there's Sowa Helston, they're going to be out there, Kevin Hill will tell you, Exmouth, um, you know, going under the radar to me, they're not, they're one of my favourites as well. Um, so, you know, and there could be a, a number of others, so um, it's just who's consistent and uh, Christmas will be a big, big factor.
0: I think you're absolutely right, because I think Christmas will be a big factor because what we've seen in Western League football over the last few seasons is you know sides that are streetwise at our level are able to see out the difficult conditions that we often find in winter. Now, our pitches, you know I'm not this is no I'm not besmirching your beautiful surface, but you know the winter months are pretty cruel on our pitches. And actually, it generates a different type of football. So, you know, do you think that the winter months will be springing a few surprises in terms of results <laughs> this this, uh, this time around?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, you look at Saturday, you know, bit at home to Millbrook and bit and go and lose 3-0. Probably not a lot of people expected that. Uh, whether it's down to pitches or not, I don't know. But if you look at the fixtures over the next sort of two or three weeks, you yeah, know, have got Exmouth, Malzell have got... Uh, Helston, Helston have got Exmouth, Helston have got Buckland, you know, so they've all the top sort of six or seven teams, um, you know, they've all got each other. You know, we've got Exmouth next Saturday, <coughs> um, you know, and, and people are going to drop points. Everyone's going to drop points and, you know, there's you know, some teams who are mid-table who can easily, you know, go and spring results. Um, and as I said, you know, there's only seven points between 10th and 2nd. It's nothing. It's really nothing. So, as I said, I think it's who's consistent over this time um, and into early January because normally you, you know who's going to be in the top three or four by Christmas. And, and now, you, you know, no one could call that, I don't think. No one.
0: Well, let's talk about early January because, um, dare I mention it, the COVID word is re- reappearing its ugly head. And I know that you know there are a fair few managers at the moment speculating what that's going to mean to non-league football. Have you given that any thought at all?
3: Uh, I, thought, I thought I'm just going to carry on as normal. Uh, I'm pretty sure there'll be the odd game, not the odd game. Talk, you know, again, there will be games called off. There's no, there's no question about that. But um, you know, we'll just keep going as it's as long as our games are on. Then we'll just keep going. You know, and if games are off because of COVID, then, you know, we'll get put back. And unfortunately, it's just one of those things that we have to put up with.
0: So let's turn back to matters on the pitch, because, you know, what the government do is something that's well without our control. Um, you've got two difficult games coming up, Exmouth Town at home, uh, and then Shepton Mallet on Boxing Day. Now, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a very competitive game.
3: Yeah, um, I've said, uh, I said to the players on um, last week, you know, um, we wanted to be, well, I, well, we got another game on January the 2nd as well after that. And I sort of said, you know, January the 3rd, I want to wake up, I want to be in the next round of the VARs and sort of seven points better off out of those three games. And, you know, the two games you're talking about, if we can get four points out of those two games, I think, you know, that's a good return. Um, yeah, they are tough games, but we seem to be better against the. Against the top teams, um, so but they're games that you know we look forward to. Uh, the players are definitely you know after winning Saturday in the Vars, you know we'll go into the Exmouth game for of confidence, and um, and then into Boxing Day, hopefully coming off another positive result.
0: Because that you know a progression in the Vars could mean a really entertaining away day, and at the moment the way the club the club are bouncing, so actually you could take an awful lot of supporters away in the Vars. And going into the new year, you know, there could be an awful lot of momentum behind Bridgewater United.
3: Yeah, I mean, we know people probably don't look at our results too much. We've only lost one in 12 games now. We've won the last six. So um, these two games are huge in terms of where we could end up, you know, if we don't win any of them (coughs) or lose one and just get a point out of the two games, you know, you're probably thinking, well, we'll Tavistock will probably run away with them. But... You know, if we get positive results and we just stay in touch with Tavistock um, and keep it amongst it, you know, the come middle of January, February, we'll probably think, right, we can have a go here. Can we? Can we maintain it? Can we push on and even more and try and win it? Um, who knows? But uh, we, you know, the aim this year for us would just to finish as high as possible, and um, you know and we'll see where we end up.
0: And my thanks to Dave for his time. Now, moving on to our next game, and um, Brixham, the beneficiaries of an administrative error by Tavistock, and um, they came up against our very own Clevedon Town. But that was basically where the good news for Brixham finished, wasn't it, Tom? Mm-hmm, it definitely was. They were absolutely steamrolled in this one.
2: Uh, a 6-0-something uh, victory for for Clevedon on their travels on Saturday. Um, yeah, really, wow so you wouldn't, wouldn't predict this sort of result but to, to go away from home and, and produce a, a performance and result like this really good um pretty quiet first half uh, but they did yeah they came to life just at the uh just at the end uh, of the first half freddie king and sid camper both scoring in quick succession to to put them two goals up at the interval and uh, yeah they came out firing after the break so a, a real uh, important spell just before and after uh, Half time, and it was yeah three nil before long, uh, and that was uh, another goal from Camper, uh, a volley from him. Uh, so that that put them three goals to good, and yeah, pretty much out of sight. Uh, Alex Cam scoring a penalty uh, to make it four nil, uh, and then goals in the in the finishing uh, in the closing stages, sorry, from uh, Glenn Hayer and Archie Hayward. So uh, a six nil win for for Leeds
0: at Brixton. Excellent, and our FAVAR's third round coverage is. Uh, concluded with the all-tall station Western League affair between Buckland Athletic and Wellington. 152 saw this one, and certainly the home fans went home happy.
2: It is, yeah. Uh, a 2-0 win for, for Buckland over Wellington. Uh, goals from uh, Owen Stockton uh, in first half, so time. So it was another, another close affair, really. Um, yeah, he put them one, one up, uh, and then it was Charlie Hanson um, early in the second half, uh, making it 2-0. And, uh, yeah, Wellington unlucky to... Uh, 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 not, not be able to get back into the game. But it was, yeah, Buckland who, who progressed. Um, obviously, um, Stockton was was sent off late, but that was, yeah, much too, much too late for it to have a, have an impact on the game. And as I say, Wellington just falling short. So a 2-0 win for Buckland, uh, and they move on to the fourth round.
0: And the draw for the fourth round has taken place today. And I can confirm that Bridgewater United have been drawn at home to Tunbridge Wells. Buckland Athletic have also been drawn at home to Egham Town. And Clevedon Town, they make a trip to Southall. So those are our three sides remaining in that competition. And good luck to them. Now, we will return to normal Tall Station Western League fair. And in the Premier Division, High Flying Bitten took on a side, Millbrook under the radar. But I don't think they're under the radar anymore, Tom. Oh,
2: definitely not. Um, a 3-0 win. Uh, for the away side in this one they've now won six of the last seven in the league so uh, yeah they are um, on people's uh, uh radar definitely now uh ben Holt so far in front after less than 10 minutes and it was then Ricky shepherd uh after half an hour making it two nil he's um yeah he's been a, a standout performer for them this season uh, so it was no surprise to see him get on the score sheet a uh, bit obviously a little bit yeah come um struggles of late i would say and uh, yeah they didn't manage to Really far a shot on this one, didn't get back into the game, and it was Shepherd again uh, scoring um, midway through the second half, and uh, he made it three 0 and uh, yeah, that was her end. So, uh, well, another fantastic result for Newbark, and I think that's now seven team sheets in a row. Um, so, yeah, they're doing something right at both ends of the pitch, aren't they? So, uh, a big win for them away at bit.
0: Now, our next game is between um, Ilfracombe Town and Brislington. Ilfracombe, of course, have been doing rather well, but Brislington well, it just goes to show that there's plenty of strength in depth in the Premier Division this season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it was, yeah, Ilfricum, We had to come from behind on, on two occasions to to claim a tour, draw a home to, home to Brislington this one. Uh, goals uh, at the beginning of either half from Ash Kington uh, and then George Jones at the beginning of the second, uh, twice put them in front. Uh, but it was, yeah. Uh, Ilfra did manage to, to, to wrestle back and, and get a point. Uh, goals, uh, an equaliser from the two jacks. So Jack Jenkins in the first half and then Jack Langford uh, scoring the, the fourth and final goal of that game. So it uh, finished in uh, a two-all draw between Ilfrakum and Brisbane
0: And finally, in the Premier Division, high-flying Mousel took on one of our Tall Station Western League stalwarts, Shepton Mallet. It was a close one, Tom.
2: Mm, it really was, yeah. There was one goal... Deciding this one, it was 11 minutes from time that came, uh, but it was the Cornish side who who came out on top, and it was a free kick from Callum McHoney, um putting them putting the one ahead, and uh, they did manage to hold on. So that's uh, five wins on the bounce. So another team in in red hot form, just as we uh, just as we uh, move towards the new year.
0: If you're thinking,
1: Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you.
0: So in the first division, Almondsbury, the conquerors, of course, of Welton Rovers. And uh, we had Joe White, of course, on the podcast um, last week. They took on Sherbourne Town. Now, I suppose under any other circumstances, you'd wonder whether lightning could strike twice in the same place. Well, it didn't, did it, Tom?
2: <laughs>
0: it didn't, no. Uh, Sherbourne
2: managing to to register a 12th league win of the campaign. Uh, pretty late winner, though. Uh, so a 2-1 victory for them away at Almondsbury. Uh, and they did go ahead in this one as well. Sam Farthing, uh, putting them putting them one in one in front after about 20 minutes or so. Uh, but the Zebras weren't in front for long, uh, a matter of seconds pretty much. Isaac Flynn equalising almost straight from the uh, the kickoff uh, for Almondsbury, so that uh, that made it one all, and that was how it stayed for quite a while really. Uh, I think it was uh, 18 minutes or so uh, from from full time when when Sherborne did manage to to grab the vital goal. Uh, that saw them win, and that was a, a, a header from Henry Lawrence Napier. Uh, he rose highest from a corner uh, to nod home, and that uh, was yeah giving Sherborne, uh, a, yeah, a, a, an impressive two-one win away at Almondsbury. So, who was the goal-scoring um, winner in uh, that
0: game, Tom?
2: Double-barrel surname is a good one, Henry Lawrence Napier.
0: Man should be running the country with a name like that, shouldn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, probably wouldn't do a bad any worse job than the ones who are doing it at the moment anyway let's not go down that road um... well I'm delighted to welcome for the first time Colin Goodland to the Tool Station Western League podcast. Um, Colin thanks very much um, for taking the time to speak to us. You've written a, a book about the history of Sherborne Town where did the idea for that come from?
1: Oh yeah, thanks for having me on um yeah, the idea actually started walking around in the club. It's like lo- lo- lots of Western League clubs—they've got old pictures on the wall, um, and I always look to see, especially like your club with the Roger Hunt uh, picture. And, I mean, things like that are amazing—the history, which are connected with Western League. So I was looking at these pictures, and I thought, "What? What do these guys do? What? What did they do before we, you know, before we came along?" So um, when the the, the pandemic Came in and we were locked down. I thought, I've got to do something. We can't play football. So I love history and I love football. So I thought, let's give it a go. I mean, I've got, I, I was a B Stream secondary school education. Um, I struggle with my spelling and it has for me to join that writing. It's like a spider crawl across the page. But I thought, let's give it a go. And, and to be honest, one thing that actually comes out of this, if anybody in the Western League connected with a club, would like to write a book on their club. It is easy. Have a go. Once you get on the uh, the national newspaper archives, it opens up loads and loads of different uh, ideas for your club, and you can you can um, delve back in history. But I, I would recommend it. But going back to uh, how it started, all these old pictures. Um, so I, I want to know who they were, but there was the same pictures, same uh, players. They played for years and years, and I thought, let's, let's, you know, let's try and find out about these lads. Um, and so I, the pandemic started, so I, I started delving in, and I got hold of the national newspaper archives, like I've said, um, and we were founded in, officially in 1894, um, but I got right back to 1888, which was the first game on the 7th of January, 1888, and it was a game against um, the Volunteers Unit, which were an army, an army unit. Now we played upon the terrace um, for that game, um, but that was in 1888. Between 1888 and uh, 1894, the, the club, some during that period, obviously were founded. Um, but they, like I say, they played on the terrace. And there was two lads that played for that uh, in that team. Two brothers, uh, the Seymour brothers. Now they became the catalyst for the football for Sherbourne Town for the next fifty years. Uh, Walter uh, and Herbert Seymour. Walter went on to play for Yeovil Town. Uh, what well, so did Herbert? Um, uh, they were they were um, top class cricketers, top class footballers, top class rugby players. They they were like the first superstars um of the football club um and and especially Walter uh, especially, sorry Herbert especially Herbert he became a, a trained solicitor um he was chairman of the club for oh 30 odd years I mean it, it was, and then he became president uh, and then with with this history it just engulfed me and you just did a bit more and a bit more. Um, but it was, it was brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, Ian. I, 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 didn't, I, I definitely encourage anybody to have a go
0: at it. Uh, writing a book is a bit of a bucket list thing. I mean, I, I, if, if I ever get the opportunity, I'd, I would love to write one, although I'm not entirely sure what I'd, what I'd write it about. But I suppose what's really fascinating, Colin, is that you've, you've managed to actually finish it. So Because um, I've, I've seen a copy of it. It looks yeah. absolutely brilliant. How long did it actually take you then, from start to finish?
1: It was, a, it was about a year. It was about a year. Um, the last bit was the, um, was the worst bit in a way because I had all these ideas. It was like having a baby. I just wanted to show it off. It had to get out there. It had to be out there. But unfortunately, I kept finding spelling mistakes. I got, I got people to read through it. and Of course, they missed it. Um, silly little things. Silly little things. Um, but I wanted it as best I could. So it would come back from the printers as another proof, and then I'd find something else, go back to the printers again. I'm sure they got fed up with me, but, um, you know, they were really good, to be fair. They they knew it was my first one, and they didn't judge me. They just, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, Uh, we'll do you another proof. But you see, the point is, Ian, what happens, when you get your proof on a computer, on a computer screen, it's completely different than when it's produced on paper, uh, you see it totally differently, um, but yeah. And the last bit—the last bit's took the longest, but I'm pleased. I'm pleased with the final result. Really pleased.
0: No, it's, it's a cracking—it's a cracking book, Colin. You should be very proud. Now, the the, the thing is that when you um, when anybody starts writing a book like this, often it's because obviously they've got a, a an an amount of knowledge, and it's that knowledge that they wanna they wanna sort of impart upon upon the reader. But uh, I wondered did you did your research uncover anything unexpected? What was the most interesting fact that you learnt about Sherborne Town that you didn't know before when you did the book?
1: Like I say, Walter and um, Herbert Seymour, that, that was a that was a huge uncovering. Um, but also it was I think sixty two. Yeah, early sixties, sixty two. Now, luckily you see in the early days, back in the day, you played uh, um, challenge matches, friendly matches, uh, before, the, before the league started. Um, we joined the Dorset League um, with, obviously, lots of big clubs, um, Bournemouth, Weymouth, Dorchester, big town clubs. Um, around us, you've got Sturminster Newton, which are a, a bit... Uh, well, Dorset, they, they play in the Dorset um, Premier Division... But they're a good side. Uh, obviously, Gillingham uh one of our Western League uh, rivals. Um, and you also had Shaftesbury. Well, Shaftesbury play in the Wessex uh, Premier Division. But they're, they're clubs in our area, and they were doing really well. But I uncovered the committee, mit- uh, the committee meeting minutes, um, all handwritten, and they hatched this plot to try and persuade Because they were all doing well, and Sherborne weren't doing very well at all. They were just bumbling along, always mid table. Uh, they hatched this pl- uh, this plot to get this um, this player from the Oval Town who was uh, about to retire, and it, it, it's a chap called uh, Don Don Travers. Now Don ca- uh, came across to Sherborne, um, and he's the only person, the only player manager that has ever been put on a contract at Sherborne Town, and he was uh, on a contract of four pounds a week, which equates to something like eighty-seven pounds fifty. Uh, a week now, um, he was on this contract um, from sort of um, July time, August time, right the way through to April. Um, and he brought in all these players, but it wasn't until like, I delved into Don Travers. Now, Don Travers played league football for Oldham and several other clubs, but I'm a, I'm a huge West Ham United fan. So while I was delving into Don Travers, lo and behold, he played for West Ham. And when he made his debut for the reserve team, he scored four goals. Blimey. Then he played uh, uh, played on his debut for the, for the first team and scored four goals. And that's still a record at West Ham now. Now, you think of all the top strikers that West Ham's had. Our little Don Travers holds a record for scoring four for the reserves, four for the first team. And that, that was incredible. That just blew me away. Um, but Don, Don was the... Um, the, the player manager, a huge man, absolutely enormous um ever so tall as big and burly, he was a big center forward apparently he was he was a rough nut on the field, but off the field, apparently he was like a lamb, he was a lovely man um but he was the one that turned uh, the club's fortunes around really because he uh, the newly formed dorset uh, combination what it was then, which is now the Dorset Premier League. Um, he got the, um, the promotion to get into the uh the, the combination, of course, and then, as through the sixty or well, late sixties seventies we just stayed there and you know, we just bumbled along and it wasn't until the um the turn of the millennium that we were hoping and trying to get into the uh into the western league, which we were successful with
0: i mean there's probably going to be people listening to this thinking, why on earth would I be interested in buying the history of um Sherborne town?" But actually, one of the things I've noticed from talking to other historians, like Gareth Paisley at Welton Rovers and John Cuthbertson at Corsham is that the history of a club often uncovers fascinating insights into other clubs.
1: Absolutely. Is that yeah, the
0: same with your book?
1: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what we—I I mean, I, I uncovered. Um, uh, I mean, when we when we played in the uh, in the FA Cup as a. Um, um, a Dorset Premier League side. We played Welton Rovers the first game, um, and I remember going up to to uh, meet Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Price for the first time. Um, it it was fantastic. We were playing a a Western League side, and and it was a kickoff at three o'clock, uh, you know, and all these types of things. It, it was just it, and it, it it was just you felt like you were you were moving up. We once we had a taste of that. Um, then we wanted more. We wanted more. And that, that was the pathway to the Western League. But like I say, other clubs, I, I would, the, the, the starting point is to get these uh, national newspaper archives because you, you pay a subscription. and I, I was only on it about a month. It cost you 12 quid or something. But you uncover so much uh, about... Uh, I delivered a book this afternoon. Um, a chap uh, emailed me. And his wife uh, was a, a, a well-known surname in, in the Sherborne area. And her grandfather, her father was in some of the team photographs. And her grandfather was in... It, it was fantastic. She's never seen these photographs before. You know, it was wonderful, wonderful. So she's going to have a good Christmas reading her book.
0: <laughs> now, that really, that's, a, that's a really, really heartwarming story. It is. Um, it is. I can't get you on without having a quick chat about the Sherbourne town of today. Third in the yeah. league, you could go second with the game in hand. You're doing rather well yeah. at the moment. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're, we're just bumbling along, really. Just um, we're you know we're, we're not having any great aspirations. We if we get promotion, God, we'll take it. Um, but we're going to go along, see how, how you get on it, sort of after Christmas. I mean, I always say that if you're if you've lost four games. Only four games by Christmas, then you're going to be in for a shock. Um, now we're we're um, around about that. Um, there's some good sides in that First Division. I mean, I, I didn't go on Monday uh, on last Saturday, but apparently, I mean, Almsbury are hard to break down. Really, really good sides. You know the, what it shows when they when they uh, they beat Welton. Every side you play, you're going to have a game. There, there's no easy games. No easy games at all, um, but yeah, we're, we're doing all right. We're, we're you know we got some regular people scoring, which is nice because um, that that always helps. Um, and keeping a settled side, as you know, you've got to keep that settled side.
0: Uh, one other question I've got for you, uh, Colin, is that I'm going to blow your cover now because you are, of course, Tool Station Western League's registrations officer.
1: Oh, I am indeed.
0: That's yeah. your other hat. You're like Mister Ben.
1: Yeah, that's another hat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So can you tell the listeners a little bit about what the role of the registrations officer involves?
1: Each, each club can, uh, can register as many players as they want. for uh, It's just a, a set fee now. Um, I, I operate the whole game system where secretaries from clubs uh, put their player on the whole game system. Uh, they send me a, a registration form. Uh, then I do the business my end. Um, there's obviously restrictions for um, when the, uh, different competitions when they can be registered. Um, but the last season, I, th- I think it was around 1,600 players were registered for the Western League. This season, as of today, there's 2,015. Now, it's quite heartwarming to know that there's 2,000 lads out there that still want to play football. Um, everybody's sort of knocking football, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot. All right, they don't play every week, but they're involved with clubs. They're involved, and they're they're registered with the clubs, so they are involved in clubs. So that, that, I think that's fantastic. That's really good.
0: And I mean, I think there's there's quite possibly another book there for you: the shenanigans of the whole game system. But that's probably oh, one. That's it's probably a one. That's,
1: yeah, that's we, a nightmare. I mean. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying it, but it, it, it's not very really good. It, it, it's not really... There's lots and lots of... I mean, every secretary... You speak to any secretary or registrations officer in the Western League, and they've all had problems. And, and I do sympathize with them, because I have problems on my end as well. Um, they have to go back to the county FA to get that sorted out. And it, I mean, the, the lads haven't got time to do all things like that. They, they, their manager says, I want this lad signed on. And... I mean I try and do it as quick as I can because I know they want it, they want him on and want him playing. But yeah, the system the system has definitely let down the the, the sectaries of the clubs this year. Definitely.
0: Right, well I don't know what's gonna happen better. I mean, whether they'll um
1: bring out another new system, I suppose. <laughs>
0: well that that's that's gonna be a book for another time, but if we wanna get hold of your book, what's it called and where can we find it?
1: The book's called to Zebras. Um in the early days, uh, our nickname were the Zeb- uh, were, were the magpies. Now the magpies, um, we, we've got um, Wimborne Towner the magpies, Dorchester Towner the magpies. So we wanted to just change it a little bit. And, and the most successful club that we've had in the history, the lads themselves, um, uh, well, they just what happened that they had, they always liked fancy dress parties, and they had a fancy dress party, and they turned up as zebras. And I think. It more or less started from then, and um, so it's called magpies to zebras. Um, it's priced eighteen pounds, or I can send it to you uh, with six pounds postage and packing. Um, it covers a little bit of social history. Our team captain was killed during the war um, uh, in the bombing raid at Sherborne. All little stories like that. The, the, the day um, Chris Martin from CoPlay arrived at, uh, at our football club. Yeah, yeah. There's there's loads and loads of little different anecdotes. And as you know, Ian, there's nowhere better than a, a, a football environment for a bit of banter. And, <laughs> and on, on Saturday, I was compared to Thomas Hardy. And then, and then somebody quipped that, um, more like Oscar Wilde.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if we go on much longer, Colin, we might be, we, we, we might be referred to as keys and grey at this rate. but. Um, <laughs> Um, if you're a Sherbrooke fan, if you're a football fan, if you're a Coldplay fan, there's a few of them around, how can you get yeah. hold, ha, um, How can we get hold of you to get hold uh, of a copy of your book?
1: You can email me at colingoodland at live.co.uk.
0: Excellent stuff. Colin, thanks very much for your time and good luck for the rest of the season. Right then, we will move on to Devise's Town against Wincanton. Uh, much against my better judgement, I've... Um, you know, you did ask me to, uh, to to talk about this game. I wasn't, sadly, at the game. Ironically enough, Wincanton travelled to Devizes. I actually travelled past Wincanton to get to right. to get to Stourhead. A healthy crowd at Nurstead Road, of 82 there, but um, unfortunately, that's really where the good news ends for the home side, isn't it, Tom?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was a uh, yeah, well, starring performance from Jamie Owen for for uh, a rampant Wincanton side. A 6-1 win for them. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was him, uh, Jamie, that is, who scored a hat-trick in uh, and, and the big win. And, uh, yeah, they went ahead after 20 minutes, uh, thanks to his goal, and that was uh, assisted by his brother. So uh, a good start for, for Jamie on Saturday. Uh, but Josh Cole did level five minutes before the break, and so he made it uh, made it 1-0, so it was, wasn't looking too bad at that stage. Uh, but that seemed to, to sting the, the Wasps into life a little bit. Uh, Dan Quirk restoring their lead uh, pretty soon after the equaliser, and then, uh, yeah, they extended it. To, it's made it 3 uh, 1, and that was a half time sub. So, Connor Williams pretty much coming on and, and scoring one of his first couple of touches after the break. Uh, made it 3 1, and, and from there, yeah, the Wasps pushed on and, uh, yeah, grabbed the six one win. Erwin scoring twice more, uh, and there was also a penalty from Dan Wise. I think he'd had one saved earlier in the game as well. So, uh, yeah, to step up and, and slot one was, would have been good for him, uh, but it was, yeah, another, another win for Wincanton. So, uh, a six on the bounce, I think, for them now. So, uh, going good guns.
0: Yeah, they are going in very good form. Of course, I know that Chris Wise, their manager, is a big fan of the podcast. He does enjoy it when we do talk about his side, which I'm sure many of the managers do. But um, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be talking about his side against mine today. (laughs) There you go, Chris. Merry Christmas. Um, Anyway, we'll move on to Warminster Town, that other side in uh, Wiltshire. They took on high-flying Oberland Abertonians and, um, well, Warminster, they continue their very impressive form, Tom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a two-one win for them over over Oldland, uh, and it was Aaron Cockrell. Uh, he was the the star star of the show for them. He scored in either half, and uh, yeah, those goals obviously proving crucial. Uh, Oldland uh, did score a late consolation in Stoppage Time, but uh, it was it was Warminster who uh, yeah ran out 2 winners and they are sitting in second spot at the moment. So it's
0: good, good, good times for for those at that club. It certainly is, and well, by their incredibly high standards, one could argue that Welton Rovers are having a little bit of a wobble, mm-hmm. having lost to um, Almondsbury, uh, which we obviously discussed on last week's podcast. They came up against local rivals Bishop Sutton, and um, well, I think the bishops um, certainly had the good Lord on their side <laughs> in this one, Tom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a one-all draw, and they were pretty unlucky not to not to grab all three points. So we nearly had a losing streak for Welton, but uh, yeah, they managed to just about secure, secure a secure draw and, and maintain an unbeaten uh, home record uh, of course uh, but it was uh, yeah it was Bishop Sutton who who did go ahead and it was yeah it was Oakland Buck obviously uh, who, who scored the the goal for them um, but and yeah they, they looked to be in the ascendancy Welton down a man uh, skipper Ben which sent off a couple of yellow cards for him uh, but they did manage to regroup and it was uh, across from Joe Batrick, uh, headed home uh, by uh, Joe Ellis. Uh, so that was, uh, managed to rescue a point for them five minutes from time. Batrick uh, was sent off a couple of minutes later for his second as well, uh, second yellow, sorry, uh, as well. So they were down to nine in the uh, the very closing stages. But uh, yeah, they did hold out and it was a, a one-all draw there for Welton over Bishop St- with Bishop Sutton, sorry, not over Bishop Sutton. A one-all draw between
0: Welton and Bishop Sutton. Excellent. Now we'll look ahead to Saturday the 18th of December, a full program in the premier division and the first division uh, which game has tickled your fancy tom in the premier division i've gone for the league leaders
2: uh to have a stock there hosting kenshin but uh, yeah I, I don't know what it is i think uh, they started started a, a quite a few away games uh, on the bounce kenshin and i sort of noticed that they were picking up results but if you look at their yeah look at their form for the season away from home they've got some they don't, they don't lose many. They're a, they seem to be a pretty good side away from home. So if they go to Tavistock, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up a pretty good fight. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that one turns out on Saturday afternoon.
0: Well, if I was allowed to pick a game that was the same as your game, I'd pick that game. But well, I'm Yeah, I'm a good picker, um, you see. You are a good picker. I always like a competitive fixture. And uh, I think that um, Shepton Mallet against Helston Athletic, I think is going to be an absolute corker. It's, a, it's an away day for Helston. They do like an away day, be fair to say. Uh, I think this one's going to be really tight, um, could even be a draw. Um, but Shepton, you know, we know that they're a good side. And, um, uh, you know, Helston going great guns this season. It'd be, um, you know, be interesting to see how they got on there. So that's where my, um, that's where I'm going. Uh, this weekend. I could have easily have gone for Bridgewater against Exmouth. Uh that's gonna be a that's gonna be an absolute cracker as well, I'm sure. But um, mm. Shepton Helston, I think that will that will be the competitive one, I think. Uh, and what about uh, the first division, Tom? What what takes your eye there? I've gone for the league leaders in Elton as well. Oh, well, wow. a bit predictably,
2: but it's win Wincanton. So how can you how can you look past this game? Obviously Welton a little bit. Yeah, as we said, a little bit of a blip, stuttering of late. So uh, they're taking on a Wincanton side who are riding that winning streak. So form-wise, you'd probably suggest potentially a, a, a shock away win. But Welton, still unbeaten at home, so I don't think they'll they'll roll over, will they? So that should
0: be a really good contest. I think you're absolutely right there, yeah. Um, but um, I'm, I'm having had my appetite wetted by Colin earlier. I'm going to go for Sherbourne Town against Cheddar. I mean, we're looking at sort of very sort of like for like sides in the in the first division, another top of the table clash. Two teams that don't like losing. And um, I think that, um, you know, I'm sure Cheddar, which isn't a million miles away from Sherbourne, it would be fair to say. um, uh, You know, they'll be they'll be right out for that one. Sherbourne, we know have been on a fantastic run of form. So I I think that would be um, that would be another game. Uh, to watch in the Toolstation Station Western League First Division. Now, before we hang up the microphone for another week, Tom, we will have a quick look at the, uh, at the league tables. And um, can you take us through the runners and riders in the Premier Division?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, the top of the table looks like this. We've got Tavistock leading the way. They've got 46 points from 21 games. Uh, Bitten also played 21. They're on 39, so they're seven points behind now. You've got quite a few teams... Uh, just behind that, who've yeah got some games in hand. Uh, Helston played 18, they're on 37. Uh, Bridgewater and Ilfracombe have both played 19, identical records, uh, 36 points. Uh, those two in fourth and fifth, and then you've got Maizal, who we've uh, yeah discussed earlier on the pod, doing uh, doing really good things at the moment. They've played 17 and they're on 35 points. So yeah, it's looking good at the top, there's certainly capable
0: capable sides of of tracking down that top two. One of the interesting statistics I find at the top of the table is that Helston Athletic have only lost once this season. Tavistock have lost three times. Now, how many times do people talk about sides in relation to the tables where they say, oh, if only they could have turned a few of those draws into victories? Well, I think that Helston are perhaps the side that managed to turn a few defeats into draws, which I think is equally laudable um, talent, because um, you know they find themselves riding high in third. Only lost one game, seven draws. I'm not saying that they couldn't have won a few more of those, but um, to only have dropped three points in terms of you know the defeats is quite an quite an achievement. Anyway, you were supposed to talk about the top. I was supposed to talk about the bottom. Let's talk about Bridport. They've played 22, and they've only got three points, and um, five points clear of them. Ashton and Backwell on the other side having a difficult time uh, to start life in the Premier Division. Street then, I mean, there is a street between uh, Street, National and Backwell, Street and 17th on 16 points, only one point above them, Cadbury Heath, only three points above Cadbury Heath, Bridlington. Um, So we can see that there are sort of leagues within leagues forming and it does look like 18th and 19th are being cut adrift. Um, by the rest of the uh, the Premier Division pack. Um, but we will turn our attention to the First Division, and perhaps, Tom, perhaps mm. the top of the First Division isn't looking quite as clear-cut as it once did. Well,
2: potentially not. Uh, we've got Welton, who are obviously still top. Uh, 22 games they've played they're on 53 points so they're the only team through the 50 point barrier at the moment uh, but there are a couple of sides just just sort of nestling in behind who aren't as far back as they they once were uh, warminster 22 games played as well they're on 44 points so that's a nine point gap currently at the top but that is definitely smaller than it was isn't it so uh, yeah uh, a couple of couple of uh, other sides just behind as well so we've got sherborne 21 games played so they've got game in hand they're on 42 points uh, and then you've got the likes of cheddar and Wincanton who are, yeah. Doing pretty well at the moment. Cheddar played 22 down 37, uh, and then when cancer really, really coming up with like uh, 20 games played, 34 points. So uh, yeah, quite a way behind Welton, but there's certainly uh, yeah, quite a lot of quite a lot of um, uh, yeah,
0: quite a lot of sides that would fancy a, a second half surge. I think. Absolutely. When you look at um, Sherbourne, uh, Wolverhampton's obviously in second place. They've lost four games, but Sherbourne have only lost three. Um, so you know, if that game in hand becomes a victory, then maybe they won't be a million. You know, they won't be quite as far from Welton as perhaps everybody had um, earlier in the season. Certainly uh, thought that everybody would be. Um, now I need to talk about Devizes Town. They've played twenty-two. They've got fourteen points, three points above them are Bristol Telephones. Um, they've only played 18 games, though, for their 17 points. Bishops Lyddiad have played 19 for their 17. And then there's a gap again um, up to Portishead on 21 points. They've played 21 games. Um, and that is the foot of the First Division. Now, we have, as always, been reviewing your excellent um, bulletin, Tom. Where can the listeners find that?
2: It's on the uh, yeah, it's on the tool Station Western League website about halfway down or so. Uh, of the homepage uh, where you can yeah download that as a, a pdf and, and word doc and that goes up every week uh, looking back on uh, the games that have just happened and yeah a little bit looking ahead as well with the fixtures and whatnot so yeah that's uh, yeah downloadable every weekend
0: excellent tom thank you very much and i look First forward up- to catching up with you on next week's Tool station western league podcast